Hey, welcome to Life in the Leadership Lane. I'm your host, Bruce Waller, where I am talking to leaders that are making a difference in the workplace and in our community. What do they do to get started and what are they doing to stay there, to stay in that leadership lane? And oh, are you in for a treat today? We're going to talk to Sean Storer. Sean is the Vice President of Human Resources for the Dallas Regional Chamber. He is certified in HR with a SHRM SCP. He is also a creative leader and influencer. And get this, one of the top 50 leaders in learning and development in Americas. He's also an amazing speaker. I've had the pleasure of hearing him speak and an MC too. And I am so excited to have you on the show today, Sean. How you doing, man? I'm good, brother. How are you? It's good to see you. It's been a long time living in pandemic world. I miss you. It is great to see you. I miss your face too. As a matter of fact, I was thinking about the last time we actually saw each other was at the 2020, right before the pandemic started, Dallas HR Gala. Do you remember that? Yep. When uh, somebody, somebody on this call who's not me received a Lifetime Achievement Award. That was brilliant. Yeah, that was, oh, that was a lot of fun. I mean, think about it. You know, it wasn't that long ago where we had a crowd of 300 plus people in a room uh, just, you know, living life. And then a month later, we were all working remotely and masked up and it's just really changed, hasn't it? Yeah, and I miss it and I know you miss it, but look, we're not that far away from being able to get back there. More shots in arms uh, are coming all the time. And, uh, you know, even Dallas HR, they're starting to experiment with some hybrid models, but we'll be back hugging it out pretty soon. So, well, I am, I'm super excited to have you on the show. And, and in particular, I'm really excited to talk about creative leadership. We're going to talk about that today. As a matter of fact, I want to read something just real quick. Uh, I was actually looking at your profile and um. it says this. A truly modern day Renaissance man, Sean holds a doctorate of musical arts in conducting and has performed orchestra, opera, and musical theater on many of the world's greatest stages. I did not That's know good. that. <laughs> I wrote that, but uh, it's, it's true too. So um, it's interesting because it's a pretty typical HR story. You know, you've heard the same origin story a thousand times, like, uh, you know, opera conductor becomes HR person. Uh, there were a lot of steps in between there. So <laughs> I started as we were talking about uh, talking about setting this up. I was like, well, let me go back and retrace some of those steps. And I know you love the the story. And this isn't really even the story really yet, but it's the it's the what were some of those touch points along the way? So, you know, a very traditional HR story of um I was a classical and jazz musician for a long time, uh, turned conductor, conducted opera, light opera, musical theater, uh, and orchestra. Then I was an executive assistant uh, for the head of the Bioethics Institute at Johns Hopkins University, which is pretty awesome. Mm. Uh, then I was a ceramic artist and a potter, uh, global contact center content developer and trainer in the US, Philippines, Canada, India, and Mexico. So I got to travel a lot. Then I was a doctoral student. And so while I was running call centers, I got my doctorate and I was also an adjunct professor there while I was getting my doctorate. Uh, I did some continuing education lectures at Johns Hopkins. Uh, then I started getting into sketching and drawing. So I did that on the side while I was also leading operations. Uh, I'm a now a painter, paint uh, in lots of different mediums, uh, leadership program creator, uh, watercolor artist, speaker, MC, conference chair, art judge, tarot card reader, 
woodcraft worker, and then of course, HR professional. So I warned you, it's a very, you know, boring, typical story, but it is a lot of creativity in there. It is fascinating. I absolutely love it. As a matter of fact, I started a couple of years ago to learn how to play the piano. Yes. And I, uh, before I started, I said, you know what, I want to become really, really good at this. And about two years into it, I was like, oh my gosh, I love doing it, but it is a lot of work. That's and just to, and so anytime I hear someone talk about whether it's painting or playing in music or whatever it is, I'm like that, like they've invested in that. And I'm just, I'm fascinated by that. And it doesn't surprise me, by the way. Um, so, so tell me, I mean, let's talk about it. How, you know, tell me the Sean store story. Like, where did you grow up and how in the world, how in the world did you get into HR? Sure. Well, and I think I'm one of those stories where, and there's a lot of people like this, although I'm so happy to see that there are people getting into HR on purpose now, mm. right? But a lot of people previously didn't, they fell into HR. And I think I'm probably one of those stories where now I'm intentionally there, but I found my way there. So uh, my background was in music and arts. I was always a, an artistic kid and uh, a musician. I played trombone, played in everything I possibly could. And so that helped me get through uh, college, grad school, uh, doctorate, uh, knock on wood without student loans, right? So a lot of uh, scholarships and grants, and I'm very lucky um, that I had those opportunities. And I had hardworking parents who were just, mm -hmm. they had a, a really strong work ethic. They did everything they could to make sure both That's my nice. brother and I could have every, you know, every opportunity. Uh, and we worked our tails off. And, and look, that kind of crafted us, I know how hard you work. I know how many hours you put in and everything you're doing, everything, I know how hard you work, work, but I know with your podcast, with your book, with everything you're doing, you're, you're cut from the same cloth. And so you just, it's not a, it's not a badge of honor, but it's just, it's who we are. It's just who right. we become. But I did, I learned that from my parents too. They, they worked that hard. So, um, you know, I was a musician. I, uh, I finally got that gig where I was a full-time musician and for a, for a musician, and you've heard of, you know, starving artists and starving artist mentality and musicians are artists. That's no different. I, I have friends who uh, still to this day, and it's been tough with the pandemic, obviously, but will play gigs in five different cities over five different days to be able to really piece it together. But they, they have their passion, right? Mm. That's their love. Yeah. And can you do very well? Yeah, sure. But the very few can do that. Very few can really tailor that together. So I, uh, I found that full-time gig. I was uh, uh, an associate conductor of a, of a great orchestra in uh, Baltimore on the East Coast. And because it was a small arts organization, I did a lot of personnel. I did a lot of music and library. Uh, I was also one of the only full-time staff members when they went through a music director search and an executive director search. And I ran those searches. And mm -hmm. look, I didn't know that was a big deal at the time. I didn't know what I didn't know. And, but it gave me these office skills that I never would have had somewhere else. So I learned office skills through orchestra, if you believe that or not. Mm. So when time came up for some grants to be renewed, there just wasn't funding. And I needed a job with a master's in conducting. Those kind of searches take about two years to fulfill. It's not, you know, post it and get some candidates. It's, it's structured out over two years. So I went to a temp agency because I had office skills. They sent me to one job that I stayed at that company for 10 years. So for those of you who are hiring and you're reticent to talk to temp agencies, they have people you never know. Um, 
So I started at this company doing some sales reporting, revolutionized their sales reporting, like, hey, you're good at this, but you're cut out for something more, something different. And so I had people that, that saw that in me, and I'm mm. lucky that that mm. was the case. And so uh, I became a trainer. And I had to BS him a little bit to get that training role. But, you know, being an orchestra conductor is training. You read something that somebody else wrote, you present it to a group of people, and uh, you interpret it, you bring their unified vision together into one, and then you produce a result. And that's, that's training 101, same thing. So I started training in call centers. And we started opening call centers around the world. So I got to travel and do a lot of training for cell phones. And so we represented a lot of different brands, over 2,000 different partners. And uh, I got to do the call center training. And so then over time, through that organization, I was able to kind of ascend the ranks, take on more responsibility, um, and go into eventually operations. Operations led me into 24-7, 365 mm. uh, contact center operations. And what I was missing from that is the succession planning, the leadership, the lifting people. And I really felt that need mm. uh, that I just wasn't getting. And so I had the opportunity to create some leadership programs uh, for the Dickies Capital Group, uh, which is the Dickies Barbecue family. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's third generation ownership. It was an opportunity for them to, to craft their own legacy and they wanted to invest in their people. So I got to go there and create leadership programs. Through that time, uh, I, was, I had the opportunity there to, to really start digging into more of HR work. And so I was there with them for four years. Uh, and then I just had the opportunity to do some consulting. And now, of course, at the Dallas Regional Chamber, uh, doing all the HR work for a, an awesome team of smart, talented, dedicated people. It was a long-winded story, man. Uh, listen, it's fascinating. By the way, <laughs> the first time I met you, you were speaking and you were working at Dickie's Barbecue. Yep. And uh, I'm a big fan of Dickie's. If, 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 for those that come to Dallas, Texas area, uh, you need to try out Dickie's Barbecue. Great, great restaurant. Hey, and they're in 44 states and international now, too. So, I mean, okay. you can find it. All so over. Many. All over the yeah, U.S. It's awesome. I agree. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay. So, uh, but you said something that... Um, I want to I want to touch on here. Sure. You said that before Dickies, you didn't you felt a calling. Mm. You, you felt like you, you needed there was something I call it purpose. There was something missing that lifting and leadership that need. What what was it like? How did you how did you know you were missing that? Do you, do you remember that time or that feeling? Um, and, mm. and 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 do you feel like I always like to use that term? Find your lane. Do you feel like like. Yeah. Okay. After I went through that, I knew I found my lane, but I was missing that. Can you talk about that? Yeah, I would love to. So in the, I don't want to overgeneralize and say in the contact center industry, because not every organization is like that, but in many, um, it's a, it's a, it's not a lifting place to be right. There's, there's a lot of representatives who are on the phone. Um, they're pushed hard. They work mm. long hours, mm. they have difficult schedules. Um, and oftentimes people will be replaced for less, right? There's just, there's a lot of people on the phone and that's kind of tough. And so when you go through that cycle enough times to see, uh, we're not lifting people up. We're not training them to be better. Mm. We're not helping them to grow. Uh, we're just pushing them hard. And when they leave, we'll just replace with somebody mm. else. I'm just not wired that way. And so uh, to find the opportunity to help people grow. And I think back, I mean, that was true 
in orchestra. That's true in my arts careers mm. and, and work. That's true in HR. That's true in talent development. That's true in learning and development. Um, it's about helping people grow. And it's that light bulb moment. I and mean, that's true even now mm. in executive counseling and, and working with colleagues and peers. You and I, I mean, like when you see, I see your light bulb going off a little bit right now. It's when I see that and I've yeah. helped to yeah. do that. And that could look, that could be somebody's sales numbers. That could be that aha moment where yeah. I've been told five times how to do this, but oh, I get it now. It gels for me to see that face is amazing. And so to take it back to the leadership lane, I don't, I hope you don't end the interview now, but I haven't found my leadership lane. I'm, I'm constant. I drive fast and I change lanes a lot. Um, but I think where I find that I'm the happiest in my life and in my career is the intersection between helping people grow. So it's about people and it's about connectivity uh, and create creativity. So when I can stop at that intersection and look around and go, I, I love this. I love the view from here. And then it's time, you know, then the light turns green and it's time to, you know, drive fast again. So it's, uh, it's just, I don't know if that helps, but it that's helps kind of where it started to develop. Yeah, no, I like that because I had Camille Tate on the show early on. And she says, uh, when we're talking about finding your lane, she says purpose, she feels like it's fluid. Mm. And I've had other guests talk about they have different purpose in different seasons. Yeah. And I love how you put that. You're like, hey, you know, th there's this time where you, you know, you stop and you look around and, and this is where I'm at now. And, and you have that purpose. And then all of a sudden you accelerate and you're looking again. I will tell you, I wrote the book, Find Your Lane, and I'm trying to find my lane in the podcasting world. No, I was just going to say, look, and I don't intend this to be a commercial, but if you haven't read Bruce's book, it is incredibly insightful, incredibly helpful. And I, I told you, look, I was changing lanes when I came across your book and I knew you already. But I was like, Bruce wrote a book? What? <laughs> and so, and there's, there's places in there for you to write down, to be intentional about, yeah. and to think about this thing. And look, that helps people in every level of their career. It doesn't matter what your career is. So I know it's, it's, it's great marketing and it's fun with the life and the leadership lane and with driving and, but I think bowling alleys too, that's the lane you don't really talk <laughs> yeah, about, that's right, yeah. but it helps, it helps everybody. So sorry, quick tangent. No, you're good. No, I, hey, I, I'll give you the floor. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you the floor. We can talk about find your lane. I absolutely love it. Hey, I, I do want to, I do want to talk about this though, because I think that you know, as you're talking about this, this uh, contact center and, and how, you know, and there's a lot of organizations like that. I've worked for organizations like that. Um, and, and it, everything rises and falls on leadership. Uh, sure. But I'm wondering, like, whenever you said, hey, I'm missing this, and, and you're looking around, I feel like there are certain people in our lives, in our careers, that we look to, and we say, I want to be like that. Yes. That's who I want to become. And that triggers that thought to when you're in that organization, you're like, this isn't really, I'm missing this because I see what I want to become. So, which leads me to, I, I always love to talk about, and, and you know, I love to talk about mentors. I love to talk about people that have you, that have helped you like along your way that have lifted you. I, I was just wondering if you, if you wanted to share maybe a few that that's helped you along the way. I would love to. So, I'm going to start now and work backwards because, you know, so we're both members of Dallas HR. Yeah. Uh, you're a past president of Dallas HR. Yeah. Um, the people that I have met 
through Dallas HR are salt of the earth, wonderful people. Mm. It is such a supportive place. Again, not intended to be commercial, but I will sing yeah. their praises all day long. And um, I find that on a daily basis with peers and friends, I mean, I can call you a friend. Yep. Yeah, we're colleagues, but you're a friend that I found through this group. And so I get that every day from um, the different people who I get to work with through, through that organization. Working backwards, I think I've really had two mentors. I would call them mentors. Okay. Um, I've learned from a lot of different people, but these people really took me under their wing. Um, when I was a musician, when I was in college, I had a professor that was, I went to SMU for my bachelor's degree. He was there for one year. And I've tried to Google him. I've tried to find him. I'm not going to say his name because he's kind of a myth for me now. I don't know if he really existed, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure he did. He taught there for one year and he saw something in me. I wasn't a conductor yet. I was a trombone player. I wanted to be a band director in Texas. That was kind of life for a band kid in Texas. Mm. And he said, you are cut out for more than that. Mm. You should think about conducting. That's the leadership lane for a musician a lot of times. Mm. And I said, well, I don't, I never really thought about it. Uh, he took me under his wing and showed me, how do you study a score? How do you, how do you learn what the sounds should sound like? He was a great composer. He was a great conductor, but he was a great teacher, but he cared. I think mm. that's what leaders mm. have to have, what mentors have to have. You have to have care. It, it, back to your John Maxwell's, right? Your care and your candor. Yeah. I'll quote John Maxwell every single day of the week. It's, it's their gems of wisdom um, that have been polished over time. But he cared and he thought about me intentionally and he helped to create a plan for me. That happened in my professional life on the business side uh, at a company called Simplexity. That's when I was running call centers and doing training. And uh, this is a gentleman, his name is John Bailey. John, I'm looking at you right now because I'm going to make you watch this too. But uh, he is somebody who took me under his wing that he gave me the rope. He gave me the opportunities to fall on my face. Mm. And, but he helped pick me up too because you can't keep everybody out of every bear trap. Some of them, you got to let them walk into. And, but he gave me the, the leverage, the opportunity the training, he took me under his wing. And eventually, now he was the chief service officer, then the chief operating officer of this organization. He uh, eventually got to the point where we worked on our cars together. He, we changed the, the brake system on my car, the, the suspension coils, uh, and just he became a genuine friend and mentor, but really guided me through the business world. So I'm very lucky that uh, I had people look out for me and I hope to be that person for somebody else too. Okay, so I have chills right now. <laughs> Just feel, like I can feel what he meant to you. He did. Uh, he and still does. I, I appreciate you sharing that. As a matter of fact, I have another book actually uh, set to publish in October of 2021 yes. called Life in the Leadership Lane. And one of the chapters uh, is around belief. Yeah. Because I think that is a true uh, gift. Not that people have, it's a gift for people that get that. Right, they get that, and I just and, and so when you when you said believe just now, he believed or your professor when he believed that you were more up, like I just my like my arm hair just start sticking up. I love up. it. I, I have chills. That is so so good, and it's so uh, an incredible gift having people like that in your life because and even like we talked a little bit about Dallas HR, even yeah. Dallas HR. I always like to say you get to see the good. But you also get to see the not good. 
And sure. you can, you know, and you can say, hey, you know what? That's just their way, but that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for this over here. And yeah. so I, I appreciate you bringing that up. And I know a lot of people that are listening uh, probably belong or uh, know who Dallas HR is and they'll, they'll appreciate that uh, too. So I appreciate that. Hey, let's talk leadership 2021. Yeah. I mean, we are out of 2020, uh, 2021. Of course, we're still in this pandemic. We talked about that, uh, but we're figuring out how to navigate through this. And so I, I just, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you, you know, you mentioned earlier, uh, uh, you, you use the word care. I always like to ask, you know, what is, what is leadership to you? Uh, so I think we have a connotation recently, past five or 10 years. Leadership is now a kind of a buzzword. And there is an assumption of positivity with leadership because that's the goal, right? We yeah. want to positively lead people, but that's not what the word really is. I think yeah. of leadership a lot like coaching, and they're different things, but there's similarities. So coaching originally was not, you know, yelling at somebody on the sideline to, you know, get in the game. It was literally coaching, stage coaching, going mm -hmm. from one place to the other. If you coached, you went from here to there. It was mm -hmm. the act of getting there. So a coach became the person who helped you get there. Mm -hmm. I think leaders and leadership is very similar to that in that you can do it intentionally or unintentionally. You can do it purposefully or unpurposefully. You can do it positively or negatively. Mm. And so that's something we don't talk about a lot. Um, but I see leaders who lead positively and I see leaders who lead negatively. And I've coached people in their lives to say, you're a natural born leader. You have these skills, but you're poisoning other people. You're taking down mm. the wrong path and they're following you because you are a leader. You mm -hmm. can turn that into positive. Find the thing you talked about passion and purpose. Mm -hmm. Find the thing that you connect with and follow that. People will follow you. But I've seen that turnaround in people before where I think it's I think it's mostly natural innate gift, but I do think it can be learned too. But it's probably 70-30. You know, it's something you're probably born with in most cases. Yeah. But you got to use it for the for the good, you know, for yeah. all of our good. Yeah. Yeah, I love how you how you frame that because you you can uh, you can be a leader in a positive way or a negative way, uh, which is, is you're right on target, um, and so you have to decide what what you want. Who do you want to become? Hey, okay. So I, I read you know when we very first started, I talked about creative leader, sure. and influencer, and so I want to talk a little bit about uh, you talk about creative leadership, and, and so I want to what like. What does that even mean? What is that? So I'll say this, you know, for years with my, my arts background, I, um, in the business world, I kind of covered that up. I kind of hid that, that, you know, uh, it just didn't seem the right place. And I think just more recently within the past few years, um, watching you, uh, watching Fanny, Fanny Donegan, who is brilliant at this, uh, other good friends, Melissa Ferrer Smith. I mean, there's so many, there's so many people doing so, such wonderful things that they're being themselves. They're allowed to be themselves. And mm. I'm like, you know what? I have all this creativity. I don't need to hide it. I should probably actually celebrate it. And it's, you know, it's wearing your own skin and getting mm. comfortable in and who you really are. And so creative leadership is really the idea that there's nothing wrong with an MBA. MBAs are great. I encourage MBAs. I encourage education, but doing it, learning it, crafting it, 
Um, you know, I do a lot of painting and drawing. I mentioned that. I do a lot of woodcraft. So I, I make things on the lathe. I make bowls. I make candlesticks. I make all kinds of cool stuff at the lathe. And it's, it is a craft. It takes time. I make pottery. So I throw pottery on the pottery wheel. You can't focus on other things. You got to focus on that. But that's also centering. For some people, they call that meditation. They might sit in a room quietly mm. by themselves and focus and center. That's how I do that. But by doing that, you mess things up. You break things. You scratch it in a different way. It looks different than you thought. How can I change that? How can I fix that? How can I do that better the next time? You're crafting it over time. And crafting it and making mistakes helps me in the business world. Any creative person will tell you this, that learning how to get around, learning how to work around, learning a better way forward, learning how to do it more efficiently, all that helps you in your daily life. And then you're ready for anything. So you have strategic learning agility. That, oh, I learned that over here. Oh, I tried that over here. I can apply that to this. And so I think being a creative person and working in all those different mediums, I think it just helps me to be able to bring more creative solutions to the workplace. Well, I listen, I love that. I love everything you're saying. I, I want to ask you this. So you talked about how you weren't being creative early on. Because listen, I know there's a lot of listeners out there right now, people watching this on, on, on YouTube, yep. and they're, they're, they're probably thinking the same thing. I, I want to be creative. What was it that, you know, you mentioned Fanny, which I'm a big fan of Fanny. Yeah, so uh, you, you mentioned Melissa. Uh, there's so many more. You talked about meditation. I've had Kim Zoller on the, on the show talking about that. It's fantastic. Uh, what, what, like, what was it that moved you into action? Like what, like for people that are listening, and thinking the same thing, can you share like, what was it that said, you know what, I, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to be myself. Uh, wh what was it? You know, and I think, I, I don't know that, you know, there's a whole great thought around bringing your whole self to work. Yeah. I don't right. honestly know, like I'm, you know, being super, super open and honest. I don't know that I really can even do that on a daily basis. I bring a, a lot of myself, but you have a work face. Everybody has a work face a bit, um, but I'm as much as myself as I've ever been in any workplace. Uh, I think what really kicked that off for me was, um, I, I'll mention Fanny. So I was at a okay. Dallas HR um, job link that she came and spoke at. I didn't know her beforehand. Okay. Yep. And uh, it was before my current role and I was looking for a job. And I thought, well, let me try this out. And I think it was one of the first ones I went to. I met Mike Pierce there. Oh, uh, Mike is a good friend of mine now, and uh, he does a lot of with Collin County HR and just a great salt of the earth, good guy friend. Um, and he was running that group at that time. He was volunteering to lead them. So I, I got to hear her speak and she was talking about creating content. She was talking about making LinkedIn videos. And there was that afternoon because she challenged us. She says, go make your video. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing but I'm gonna go do it and I need to brand myself with something. I need to think about what am I gonna be? And so creative leadership is the, the, the thing that I didn't see a lot of in the world. And uh, I made the video, I sent it to her and we've been friends ever since. So we've actually recommended each other for different speaking gigs and stuff too. So it's, uh, she's a dear friend, but she's the person who, who sent me in that direction. Isn't it great how we, um, so, so first of all, you had to have the courage to go to that meeting, right? Yeah. The very and I, to, and I always try to tell people this all the time. We're 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 bunkered down in our jobs, 
we're busy, busy, busy. We don't have time for to go to, I mean, obviously pre-pandemic and now here we are, you know, once we get into post-pandemic, we go to that meeting. But yet that literally changed your trajectory yeah. of the way you thought about the way you wanted to do things, how you wanted to approach and meeting Fanny and having her to, and I always say this, when you get people that will uh, challenge you, uh, keep those people in your life. I agree. Keep them in your life because they will make you better. And, and so of course I know, I know Fanny and I just, I love that. And I, I appreciate you sharing that. I wanted you to share that because there's people that are listening that I guarantee you right now, they're like, I want to do it, but you just have to go. And, and I think the other thing is, is um, I keep hearing vulnerability yeah, sure. from you. I keep like, you have not said that word, but I feel it. Like, you had to be well, I've been reading Brene you? Brown. Brene <laughs> Brown. Are you yeah. kidding me? I've been reading. I've been doing my reading. Yeah. The vulnerability. That's got to be part of it, right? It is, but it's courage to be. Yeah. And I, honestly, I don't have 100% courage to be vulnerable. There are things that I just, I won't say out loud in front of a yeah. group of people, Yeah. but I'll... I'll be more comfortable sharing my background. I'll be more comfortable sharing my artwork or things like that. Um, my journey or my story. It's funny. It's, it's sort of about becoming a who you are, but also finding your voice. Everybody has a voice. Everybody has a story and tell people like you and many other people that have been lucky to know in my life, encourage you to share it. It's just a story in your head, but until you say it out loud, and it becomes something, somebody else will listen to that and go, that, that's what I needed. That's what helped me. And we're all, we all have that opportunity to learn, find that from somebody else, ignite that passion, ignite that spark. My goal here today isn't necessarily to do that, but if it does that for somebody, that's what I, I would love that. I would love that. Yeah, me too. As a matter of fact, I was just sitting there thinking, wouldn't that be cool? If you were like in front of your artwork, we could all see that and feel that. Um, well, so, so look, we talk about being creative and there's ways. So we're all, we're living in the pandemic, right? We're living in Zoom world and Teams world. Uh, we have backgrounds. You know, this is my professional background, right? So I've got degrees up. I look like I'm important or something, but that's yeah. all. For those who are listening more. right now, he looked very yeah. <laughs> important right now. Hey, it worked. It worked. It's fantastic. <laughs> But, you know, with virtual backgrounds and even real backgrounds and the miracle of editing, uh, I don't know if you'd be willing to try a little experiment with me, but we can we can do anything. We A little bit of editing, because I know you're going to have to cut out all my ums and uhs and all that kind of stuff anyway. But what if we go somewhere else, a little bit more creative space and talk about creative leadership? Hey, if you're talking about creative, I'm all in. Let's do it. All right. So let's try something. On three, let's snap. We're going to go one, two, three, somewhere else. One, two, three. I'm ready. And just like that. And here we are. Wow. Now tell me about <laughs> that. You have some artwork. So all of a sudden, uh, this creative leader just snaps his fingers and now all of a sudden we're in front of his artwork. What, what do you got behind you? So this is a painting that I had painted this a long time ago. And actually uh, during the pandemic, I decided to repaint it. Uh, but it's a, it won an award in an art show in Dallas uh, years ago. Through the pandemic, there's just a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of feels. You know, we've all lost somebody that we care about, that we think about. A pandemic has been a horrible thing. There are positives that come from it, but my mom died just a couple months ago. And I know you and I talked about that a little bit. I don't know if I'd even bring that up, but you know, I thought about her a lot when I painted this. So I made, I made the frame, I repainted this, but it's just, it's just, it's a heart. 
Uh, it's an oil painting of a heart, sort of uh, true to what a heart really looks like, but a little bit abstract and um, just, I call it compassion. But it's just, it, this is hanging in my, in my living room and it just kind of reminds me uh, of my mom, but also just everything that we're all dealing with. Uh, but there's nothing wrong with being creative and, and just try, try something new, try something different. I'm not one of those like, try something that scares you because then you're getting like a zombie fist fight and lose. But try something different. Try, you, you're learning piano. I love that. I love that. And if you want to do something different, if you want, like I love to stand here in front of this sometimes because it's just creative, but I love to travel to and my wife and I pick up, you know, all kinds of artifacts. One of my strengths and strength finders input. I love all the different little things. So if we want to try something different, let's try one more thing. Yeah. And just like that, here we are in another setting. <laughs> Tell me about this, Sean. So this is just, uh, you know, input is like, I like to collect things. So I love languages. I love to travel. I love to get little things from different locations, souvenirs, but souvenirs, you know, that mean something. So I have a lot of musical instruments from different cultures. I have uh, just a lot of icons, just things that make me happy. And so this is a good creative space for me. There's a great book called Influencer. And one of the things they talk about is if you're getting a little bit stagnant, change your space. Mm. And so we're, a lot of people are working from, from home right now or remotely, or even if you're in the office, if you are running into a creative block, if you are having a challenge, just getting to think about something the right way, change your space, go sit somewhere else or go get a coffee and come back, clear your head, um, change your monitor to a different orientation, put your computer in a different place. All those little things, just changing your space can, can do so much. So if you're looking for little ways to be creative throughout the day, uh, that works great. And if you need to be back in the office, will you help me with this one? Let's get back to the office. One more time. Here we go. One more time. One, one two, two, three. Ready. Hey, and just like that, you are back. And just office. like that. Here we are. That's fantastic. Alyssa, <laughs> that is so creative. And I love the tips you shared around that. You actually uh, used another word, though. And we talked about it the very first of the show how you are, uh, were voted one of the top 50 leaders in learning and development, but uh, we talked about creative leader and influencer. Mm. So influencer, we're hearing that word a lot uh, about like leadership. And I would love to you talk a little bit about uh, what is like, what is that influencer? What is that? And why is that important uh, to you? You know, I think, um, and I don't mean I'm not an I'm not on Instagram changing outfits influencer. I don't mean that kind of influencer. I, I, what I mean by that is there's not a better way to a better word that I can find to describe it. But the through coaching, through counseling, through helping to coach, mentor, guide, assist, help, support, whatever word you want to use that's right for your vernacular. That's what I mean. So working with people, we talked about that light bulb moment. Yeah. When the light bulb goes off and you see it in somebody's face um, and then you see it in their work product or their life, that's the kind of influencer that I um, am attempting to be and I'm having some success in just working with people. It doesn't matter what level of an organization, doesn't matter if they're inside or outside your organization. It might be a friend, it might be a colleague, it might be a peer, it, whatever it is, helping to connect that light bulb idea to the light bulb actually going off. That's, that's what I'm looking for. I love that. I love that. We, and we talked about, you know, you've given us some great ideas. You're talking about, you know, changing your space, 
uh, during this time and, and being creative. And I think that's so important. But for the people that are listening, there's probably some people listening right now that they have a project that they're trying to get buy-in or they're trying to recruit someone that they're trying to get people to buy in. They're trying to influence the decision or influence the process. That's they're right. trying to get more influence in the workplace. How, what are, what are uh, some tips that people should consider when it comes to creating more influence in the workplace? Any thoughts around that? That's a good question. I, look, so much of that is relational. It's relationship. Mm. So, I mean, uh, two things I would say that are going to help with that is uh, that everybody really needs anyway, good communication skills and good mm. people skills. Mm. So communication skills, we all communicate in a thousand different ways every single day. And with technology accelerating, you know, we've got obviously Zoom. There's a lot of face time, of course, uh, but there's chats and emails, there's texts. You know, five years ago, you wouldn't text a colleague but you might be on a Zoom with somebody and texting another colleague. That's our lives now. That's just how we have to do it. So, and you're still, of course, emailing and sending letters. So you have to be a good communicator and you have to be good with people. You have to have, you have to develop relationships and that takes time. That mm. takes intentionality. Uh, that takes energy. Um, and you have to focus it and channel it. And it's not, okay, I'm going to spend an hour to develop a relationship. No, it's just it's being a generally, it's being a good person. And with all of the developments in the world, not just the pandemic, but with all of the focus on DEI, which was too late, but it's yeah. here now. And yeah. thank goodness we have it. Um, it's, it's giving grace and it's, mm -hmm. well, we'll go back to the word caring. Yeah. It's caring about people. Think of something like radical candor, or again, John Maxwell's um, caring candor. You have yeah. to care about people, but you have to yeah. be direct and honest with them as well. Yeah, I love that. I uh, I think that's so good. And I love how you use the word grace uh, during this time. Hey, I, I want to I uh, ask you one more question before we get off this topic here of uh, creative leadership and in particular development, development. Um, and uh, it, it, for me, it seems like the people that are really making impact are really that are, are moving the needle are people that are really like, they make development part of their everyday. They just, they just do. And so people, for people that are listening uh, or, or watching or watching this podcast, I, I would love it if you could share maybe just uh, one or two things that people might consider uh, focusing on to, to, to continue their development. Any, anything that you're seeing out there, anything you do in your workplace, anything that you personally do, what are some things that people should consider uh, to make that development part of their part of their everyday? That's a great question. That's uh, a tough question because you know it's kind of like a prescription. What works for one person might not work mm. for another person. I can tell you what I do, and if that helps or if that connects for someone. Um, but I think the things that are important to me are I have to find time to be creative. Mm. And I have to find time to connect with people in some way. Now we're all, everybody's wearing several different hats. Everybody's working crazy hours. Part of this pandemic is, you know, you can be on screen all the time, but that means you can be on screen all the time. So you forget to go get a cup of coffee or take a bathroom break. Like I know <laughs> people are laughing because I know you do that. I know yes. I, do that. I know people <laughs> there are laughing because they do that too. Um, but you have to find time to connect for me yeah. with people 
yeah. uh, whether it's your kitchen cabinet, whether it's just yeah. people that you genuinely um, that refill your cup. Um, for me, that's, I mean, I have great friends like you, but also my wife, who is the most creative person I know, we, it's usually at night or in the morning, but we find time to connect, sit, have a meaningful conversation. She's an interior commercial designer, designs these amazing buildings. They're going to last longer than our lifetimes, but she also used to be a chef, an executive chef. So she is creative in so many different ways. And we just love to, we love to laugh. We love to travel. We can't travel right now. So uh, we do a lot more laughing, uh, <laughs> but finding ways to, to, I mean, that's, what is it? Yeah. Seven habits of highly effective people. That's sharpening your saw. Yeah. It's just reconnecting with those things that you love. Uh, and I got to find time to be creative, to create, not just be creative, but to create. I love reading books. I love reading leadership books, but for me, I learn more about making something about yeah. creating something yeah and the time it takes to craft it and make it better so a little bit of exploration and a little bit learning from somebody else yeah that's fantastic i mean i've got i've gone the same way uh one of the things that of course creating the podcast it's creative uh and these conversations allow me to connect like no other uh, i'm just so grateful for that but i also like to when i get up in the morning i like to journal and whenever I journal, I, I reflect on that. And it's just good for me. And, and speaking of that, I want to, I want to shift over to, uh, you know, you talk about you, you lead your team and, and now I, I want to talk about leading you. Like what, what's a typical day of Sean's store? Like, um, do you get up early? Uh, are you stay, do you stay up late? I, what I'm looking for is I want to try, I, I want to try to pull out, is there a daily practice, something you do every day that helps keep you on track in your leadership? Uh, great question. So, uh, you know, before the pandemic, I used to get up and work out. And um, uh, like a lot of people, I think during the pandemic, I'm a victim of I don't go work out now. So uh, that's why you can see me from here up. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> the pandemic, you know, 50 or whatever it is. So you look great uh, from here. Uh, up. <laughs> thank you. Hey, thanks. brother. Um, but so I don't do that now. But what I do is I sleep so the last minute I possibly can yeah. for whatever I know is coming. Uh, I have that same routine. Most people do. You get up, you take a shower, you get ready, all that kind of stuff. Um, for me, that getting ready time is all thought time. So it's, you know, we all do it. Check our cell phones. What do we have coming up? What happened in the news? Those kind of things. But just that, that preparation time, that thinking out loud time, sometimes saying things out loud. If you're hosting something, if you're Look, I knew I was going to do this with you today. I've been thinking these things out loud. For me, saying it out loud helps. If you're chairing an event, if you're emceeing something, you got to talk it out. You got to say it out loud or it doesn't, doesn't mean something. Just like music. Music on a page is not the music. It's what you hear when it's, mm. the sound is made. So um, lots of calls, lots of Zoom meetings. Uh, of course, I don't sleep a lot. Um, so I get up pretty early for meetings. I have meetings all day. Then it's that time for connection with my wife and or whomever, yeah. um, getting to meet with people. There's not a whole lot of in-person meetings, but a lot of Zooms right now. Uh, then it's finding that time to create something, whether it's 30 minutes drawing something, whether it's working on a bowl that I've been working on for two months, like, oh, let me craft on that, making a frame, something like that for a picture. Um, finding that time to create. I need to see a, a physical, tangible product that I touched and influenced and inspired and will last. And then I go back to work uh, for a bit. So 
and my colleagues don't love it, and candidates probably don't love it when you get an email at three o'clock in the morning from me saying, okay, here's this thing. Uh, but I, I'm up and my brain is on, so why not get it done? Um, I usually sleep from three to seven-ish, and uh, I might take a nap from 10 to midnight, <laughs> but something wakes me up. Yeah. I'm a three o'clock waker. I don't understand why. Yeah. My brain says, you forgot to do something or you got to do something. Yeah. And uh, so I knock some things out then when I'm awake yeah. and then I go back to sleep for a couple hours. So that's kind of your yeah. untypical, typical day. Well, and, and think about it is you have a system, right? I mean, it's yeah. just, you, you know, and that's what I find is, is people that live in the, the do life in the leadership lane, they, they have this system that helps them keep on track. Hey, I want to ask you one more question before we shift over to it's time to accelerate. I always like to ask my um, guests if there's ever been any advice that, well, it was so good. Like it was given to you by a friend of a family member or colleague. It was just so good that you just continually find yourself sharing with others. I anything come to mind? I, I think so. It's not one person and it's not one time and we've touched on it here. Um, but it's passion and purpose. Mm. It's, it's finding what you're supposed to do. And maybe that's a do for now. Like you said, it can shift. It can change. Uh, you said your guest said it was fluid. I love that. And I want to drink it in all of it. I mean, I want to, I want <laughs> to give, I want I have to give it all. Uh, credit to Camille Tate. Uh, Camille Tate yes. is brilliant. Um, and I want to drink all of it in and I want to be fluid with it. So um, it's fine. The thing that if, if it's a life in leadership that revs your engine, mm. that, that ignites your spark. And uh, that might change and it might change a thousand times over your life, but do the thing that, that you love to do. And if you get paid for it, great. If not, find a balance between those things, but, but reconnect into whatever that is. For me, it's creation. creation. I'm, I'm going to steal that from you. Revs your engine. I revs think your that engine. be the name of one of my chapters. Fires your Revs up. your engine. <laughs> I love it. it is absolutely fantastic i love that i appreciate you you sharing that i think that's so important and, and i think the message here is that everybody has a purpose and, yeah. and 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 sometimes it may be fluid some some people find it early on and they're good to go some people find it late they're good uh but as long as you're always tapping into that and what you're talking about today is you're talking about you're sharing ideas to help us find that and, and find that through creativity. And, and I just absolutely love that because what you're at the end of the day, what I'm hearing you say is we've got to be purposeful to block that time to go look for that, to go get in that space and make that happen. And to reflect and to find those intersections where you found that you were the happiest. What, what happened there? Mm. And look, you said some people find it early, some people find it late. What breaks my heart is that some people don't find it. If you are, uh, look, I don't have all the answers. Bruce has most of the answers, but <laughs> he might not have all the answers either. If you want to talk to somebody and you're, you're like, hey, let's connect, call me, whatever it is. I'm happy to help listen or figure it out. If you don't know what your purpose or your passion is, or not me, somebody you trust, talk to them and go, I'm listless. I'm unhappy. I got to figure this out. But that takes that courage to be vulnerable that you mentioned before too. So. Love it. Oh, love it. I'll put your information in the in the in the show notes. Okay, so we're going to take this last part of the segment and we're going to accelerate. It's time okay. to accelerate. Love it. And uh, we're going to start with the first question: uh, Would you rather read a book or listen to a podcast? 
I so please don't take offense, but I think I'd rather read a book. Okay. Uh, can I tell you a book that I have? I would love to hear. A or is book that slowing us down? Too? Is that no, absolutely down? not. We all want to hear because I think at the end of the day, everybody listening right now is looking for ideas to help them get better. So something that uh, my wife found for me because I was on a uh, a journey of consuming leadership books, especially when I was creating leadership programs, <laughs> and you know we know all the big players and they're all great books, gems of wisdom and everything. Um, but there's a book called, and I have actually brought it because I knew you were going to ask. It's The Emperor's Handbook by Marcus Aurelius. Okay. Now, this was written in the year 170. So, uh, I'm sorry, did you say 1970? Yeah, exactly. No, 170. Wow. So approximately sure. between 165 sure. AD and 180 AD. Okay. So Marcus Aurelius uh, was, uh, of course, an emperor of Rome. He carried notebooks, little, little sketchbooks with him, and he wrote down thoughts and ideas to himself. These were never intended to be published, but they found these later. They've made these kind of compendiums. I want to read you one little one. Please do. Okay? Okay. Very short. Okay. But this is from book seven and it's number 73. And he said to himself, as kind of a, hey, dummy, listen to yourself. He said, when you have done something well and someone else has benefited from it, why do you crave yet a third reward as fools do who want to be thanked or to be repaid? So look, the, the reason for doing something good is you help that person and you helped yourself. Why are you a fool? I think of life in the leadership lane or on the highway. If you let somebody in, and I'm kind of like this, I let people in all the time because it's mm. the right thing to do. But if they don't wave, I'm like, oh, you didn't wave. Mm. You didn't let them in to get a wave. Bring yeah. people into the leadership lane because it's the right thing to do because it's, for, it's helping them. It's helping you. And don't expect the thanks. If it comes, that's great. But man, that's such a good, that was written 1800 years ago. Come on. Still effective. Oh my goodness. You didn't let them in to get a wave. That is yeah. fantastic. Yeah. I will, uh, I'll put the name of the book and okay. a, uh, where, where to purchase that in the show notes. I am going to get that book. It's a good one. It's original. That's fantastic. It's short, but I mean, you can see my pages are all dog-eared up. It's, yeah. Uh, I've been through this so many times. It's a great, uh, it's a great one. It's a so translation. For those, course, for those that are listening, he's holding up this book and it is dog-eared, <laughs> uh, it marked up. That's fantastic. Oh man. Thank you for sharing that. That's, hey, I'm going to tell you right now, there's a lot of people right now that said, oh, thank you for sharing that. And, and uh, they're grateful for you to do it. Hey, speaking of grateful, what, what are you most grateful for? I, I think two things. Um, I'm grateful. I mentioned it before, but for parents who who worked hard, mm. instilled a strong work ethic in me and my brother, and uh, that's just who we are. That's who we're going to be forever. They worked themselves literally to death, and I don't anticipate doing anything any different. Uh, I, I appreciate that from them, and I'm I'm grateful for um, genuine connections. Again, I know mm. I've said a bunch of times on here, but you and all the great people I've gotten to meet uh, through the organizations we're part of. It's a, it's a support network that's genuine uh, and intentional. And I'm, I'm blessed to be part of that, so. Yeah, thank you, I appreciate that. I think we, I think we all uh, can relate to that. Hey, you know, 2020, <laughs> we shut down. 2020, we're still not quite to where we wanna be. We're, we're, we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. But what are you most excited about 2021? I'm most excited about getting back together in person. 
Yeah. And you probably get that answer a lot. Yeah. Uh, but I'm also excited about that journey. It's not about the destination, right? It's about mm -hmm. the travel. Mm -hmm. I'm excited about that journey of what is this hybrid model going to look like for, for all of us, for our organizations, for our uh, the, the just partnerships and friendships. Everybody's going to do it a little bit differently, but I'm excited to be part of that, to see that, to help shape it and craft it. Um, so that's, that's going to be fun. Yeah, I, time, time will tell. I think everybody's got a lot of different opinions right now. We're not, we're not quite there yet, but uh, we, we are getting there. Hey, you talked earlier about connections. Um, and I was, when you said, I like, you know, the connections, it energized me. That's what, that's what energized me. What energizes you? The aha moment, mm. the light bulb going off, whether that's in me, I do. Look, you're taking piano lessons or you're, you're studying the piano, right? Yeah. And yes, it takes time. I took piano lessons as a kid. I still tinker around a little bit, but there are things that happen now that somebody told me in school a long time ago that I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's what they meant. Oh, I get that now. That happens all the time a teacher that, that made an impression on you a long time ago, or even just a colleague, you can't. And that's why I love making things. You get that time to figure it out. And, ah, and then if I can help other people find those light bulb mm. moments, those aha moments, that's the best. That's fantastic. Yeah. When I, I mean, every time I hear someone like Billy Joel or Lionel Richie playing the piano, I'm like, I want to play. I so play I've, like got, I've got lean on me down. I've got love it. it. Well, when are you going to play it for us? I know, right? I need to do that sometime. Um, I've got that down, and I've got the Happy Birthday song, and so those those. That's perfect. Right? Oh man, I love it. Um, but the one thing that now is inspiring me is the trumpet. Ooh. Hearing like taps, or uh, I need that's. That, I'm thinking that might be my next. So we'll we'll see. I just I'm so energized with conversation. Uh, it's just making me. I'm sitting here talking on the podcast, being thinking creatively here. So, Hey, I got the last question of the show today. I, I told you the time was going to go by super fast. It went by so fast. Um, but here we are last question. And here's a question, Sean, 10 years older, he's knocking at your front door and you're going to go answer that door. What's he going to tell you? A lot of employers are not going to like this answer, but nobody gets a prize for burning the most PTO. Nobody gets an award for losing their vacation time. And so my future self in 10 minutes from now, 10 months from now, 10 years from now, I burn PTO. I do it every year. I've done it my whole career. It's not one job. It's I work hard and I'm trying to help everybody. You can't be everything to everybody all the time. Uh, but I think as you get older, you start to figure that out, right? And you wouldn't know about that, but I'm telling you, when you get older, <laughs> you'll start to figure those things out. You don't, you don't get an award for burning the most PTO. You have to, back to your seven habits, sharpen your saw, reconnect. Yeah. You have to take the time to rest, recuperate, rejuvenate, reconnect, refresh. I've, I've, had, I've heard leaders say vacations kill careers. I don't buy that. But when I was younger, I did. Mm, yeah. um you got it you got it you got to invest in yourself you got to care about yourself so that is so good oh man and i know there's a lot of people out there listening that that are just needed to hear that and so appreciate you sharing that 
I have appreciated you. Just I appreciate you coming on to the show and, and sharing your wisdom and your perspective. You have revved uh, my engine. I'm sure a lot of other guests' engine. If someone wanted to connect with you, how would they do that? Well, I know it's been a while, so people are going to have to kind of refresh, but I'll give you my MySpace page. Um, <laughs> no, nobody's going to get that joke. That's too, oh, I'm sorry. That's fantastic. Uh, but I think LinkedIn is probably the best way. Um, you've got my LinkedIn info, but it's LinkedIn slash in slash Sean Store. We spend our lives on there, you know, especially when you're recruiting, when you're connecting. Uh, I, I am on LinkedIn more than I am my own email or my own phone. So I think that's probably the easiest and best way. And I would love to connect with you. Yeah. So I'll definitely put that in the show notes so you can connect with Sean. Uh, talk creative leadership uh, or anything else you want to talk around purpose and passion. And I, li listen, I, I've been energized. I appreciate you coming on the show uh, and, and sharing today. I think you've shared some great, great, great nuggets that people will take that away. Um, and maybe some advice that they'll be sharing with some others uh, down the road. So thank you for doing that. And most importantly, thank you for your incredible friendship. Appreciate you. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. Awesome. Can't wait to see you in person. I cannot Good. wait. And I cannot wait to share this episode. I'll talk to you later, man.